Hey, welcome to How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. I am your host, Lauren Hutton. With me, as always, is my co-host, Luke Faganbush. Do you hear how smooth that was? Yeah. Do you hear how freaking smooth? It's almost like we have new microphones or something. <laughs> what? You know, we might have new microphones. Do you feel how intimidated I am <laughs> by the stands? I, I and thought the that was your brand. <laughs> yeah, I'm just really leaning into my brand. <laughs> just being intimidated? Uh, is this the Christmas episode? It'll come out December what? We pretty much decided it was the Christmas episode during the entire episode. Okay, I was trying to introduce it fluidly. Oh, Merry Christmas. Is that fluid enough? Please, Dodd. <laughs> With us this week, it's Morgan Miller. Hello. Yeah, tell us about yourself. Who are you? What is your niche? did that for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, but now I did shorter. Yeah. What's my niche? Yeah, what's, what, what, what are the highlights what's of your, your life? What's your niche? Uh, the highlights of my life. I am Morgan Miller. I am an ex-fashion designer and um, a comedy-adjacent girl. <laughs> Hell yeah. You perform stand-up comedy. That's less than adjacent. Yeah. If there's never, like, the one of the hallmarks of, like, a comedian is being afraid to admit they're a comedian. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think everyone oh, yeah, goes through that. It. You're right. <laughs> Hell yeah. Enjoy the episode, everybody. Oh, and ma- something in their blood. Mary. John Bonet. <laughs> John Bonet. <laughs> yeah, you know that French lady. <laughs> it is a French name. <laughs> Wait, who is? I I can't picture his face. Who is John Bonet? What? Who? Don't judge me. Come on. <laughs> First I'm of asking all, honest and vulnerable questions. John Bonet was a young girl who was murdered oh. on Christmas. By her brother. So there isn't a person. <laughs> this is our Christmas episode, I think. So. Oh my God, it is. It yeah, totally we're is. We're already on theme. Look at us go. <laughs> I'm Jewish. Anyway, this... <laughs> Get out. <laughs> I'm not Jewish. Wait, it, it, we're in the midst of Hanukkah, aren't we? Well, you lied, so you yeah, wouldn't I'm not know, Jewish. But I think we're in the midst of Hanukkah. I know it. I, I, I almost said something real bad. I know a friend that is Jewish, uh, yeah. uh, and I could call him right now. He's not going to answer because, you know. It's the high holiday. No, that's just like him. He's antisocial. What oh. were you trying to say? Uh, I thought it was a Jewish thing. I don't know. To just not answer the <laughs> phone? <when> <laughs> I, the high holidays, people... There is a holiday where Jewish people don't use ovens and stuff. Which one's that? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I, yeah, this was in Big Lebowski. Uh, j- yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Show me Shamas! Fucking show me Shamas! <laughs> I don't fucking roll! Yeah, the whole movie's coming back to me. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> To the people who complain about us talking about movies too much, we already got like two or three in there. Yeah. <laughs> Are we recording? Yeah, we oh. started a while ago. <laughs> okay, cool. You're like, this is the type of quality you give your listeners. <laughs> I am shocked. My favorite first question is always when the guests ask the first question and it's, is, are we recording? Is this happening now? Is this the thing? <laughs> it, it, does it say something about the quality that they do always ask that? <laughs> I don't. I read a long time ago that that's how Joe Rogan does it. They literally walk into the studio and he goes, all right, sit down, let's go. 
there is no killing of the energy up top. Like he just wants them fresh as soon as they come in. And I adopted that model without ever actually confirming that he does that. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been doing it for years. Well, I wouldn't want to do everything that Joe Rogan does. Really? Uh, You don't want to just eat an elk? Sounds good. Uh, I could eat an elk. I've had the jerky. I'm sure the steak is delicious. Mm. Have you had any like weird wild games, Morgan? I grew up in West Virginia. Oh, um, so yeah. Um. But <laughs> <laughs> we had squirrel every night. For yeah, there, there were a lot of wild game nights. Yeah, a uh, lot of hunters. My family didn't hunt. Um, I never really liked the taste of deer. Really? Kind of grossed me out. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. I went to UK and I had deer nuggets before. Oh. And those were pretty good. Is that like a Rocky Mountain oyster situation or just like breaded deer meat? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. It was just the meat of the deer that people usually eat kind of fried up into nuggets. I'm sure I knew people who had tried deer nuggets, but... Right, right. I mean, you can say testicles. That's a medical term. I I don't like to. (laughs) (laughs) Is that one of your no-no words? (laughs) Are we learning things about you today, Luke? (laughs) Yeah, I say everything but testicles. I prefer huevos. I wish you were uh, at the FCC, like making decisions for television. (laughs) No, let everything slide except the testicles. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even like what shows would that even affect? No one says testicles anymore. Uh, There was uh, when I after college when I was unemployed living with my parents. This is what I did. (laughs) I tried to learn Spanish by watching La Rosa de Guadalupe, (laughs) which was like a Spanish soap opera. Hell yes. It was very religious. (laughs) Every single episode, they got into some stuff like the high schooler tried drugs and then they were saved by a vision of the Virgin Mary coming in and being like... Oh my God. Is this something that played on PBS at like 3 (laughs) a.m.? No, I mean, it was like the Spanish-speaking channel, but I always, I I like La Rosa de Guadalupe the most. I've been recently getting, like, on my YouTube ads, they're all Spanish-speaking. Right? I don't know. Are you getting... I guess it's a compliment. Why are they marketing schizophrenia medicine specifically to the Latino community, and why am I getting those ads, right? Right. I don't... Is that the ad you're getting? No. Okay. (laughs) Well, now we're learning things about Lauren. Paper towels, Uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that makes more sense. Uh, (laughs) Well, I've been watching a lot of Drag Race, so all my YouTube recommendations are like HIV medication. (laughs) They they think I'm gay. Yeah, (laughs) you're getting those gay problem ads. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, (laughs) yeah. I let I let Tremarco search one too many things on my YouTube account, and now I'm getting schizophrenic. Latino ads. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what they're saying, but it seems yeah. like the pills help. Uh, I, did, I fell into a YouTube hole the other night where I got to a point where they were showing me like s- schizophrenic point of view videos. So it's like, oh, almost like, like a schizophrenia it, simulator. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I got to the point where I was watching people with schizophrenia reviewing the simulator. <laughs> videos. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, that sounds like a YouTube rabbit hole. Yeah. I want to go down. Yeah. yeah. Like I would gladly be tired the next day for work for that. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's the other thing? Like, I mean, YouTube rabbit holes, that's like a specific type of person that'll just keep going. All right. Well, what's next? Yeah. Okay. But then what's next? What other things do you use the internet for to just kill time? Mm, I don't know. YouTube is like 
I grew up on YouTube. It was it was like my TV. Yeah. So I grew up on it and it's just like a natural like every night when I get in bed, I get excited just like get in there and watch YouTube videos. Who are you subscribed to? I'm not subscribed to that many people. Really? I used to be I had I started a new account. I used to be subscribed to like all those British YouTubers. When oh, I was in high school. Define those British YouTubers. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to need more specific. There's just like a crew when I was, I guess, like 20, 2014. Like a crew? They, they rolled deep making YouTube videos? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Snapping they would like, their fingers in alleyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They would collab together and stuff. And I don't know. I was so deep into it. But now I'm subscribed to a few podcasts. But otherwise, I don't know. I, I'll subscribe to people that I really think deserve it. <laughs> but I kind oh, of okay. like, I'm really a uh, little withholding with the subscription. With my subscriptions yeah. yeah. No, like, I mean, you're, you're just, you're, you're being very specific about what you want to come into your algorithm. Yeah. And that makes perfect sense. I like to be surprised. Yeah. Surprise me. I like, I like weirdos. Like I got a few chess subscriptions cause I am working on being bad at that pretty <laughs> successfully. Chess? Yeah. Okay. And, I want to make it clear before the Queen's Gambit. <laughs> I was around before and I'll be around after all those, those <laughs> Sunday morning chess players call it quits. But the other guy was my Warhammer phone app guy. And he sounds exactly like the dude from, um, oh, what's the Kristen Stewart show? The, the Who's Good Place. Christian? Oh. So, you know, the Good Place. The Asian- You're totally wrong. Kristen Bell. Okay, I am. Boom! I know that person. And I also know the good place. And thank you for bringing facts and not guesswork like we do. You need to fact check every episode because there's at least one in episode that people find. But I'm sure there's three or four more that just go under the radar. So many more. But I'm unemployed if you need a fact checker. So this YouTube guy who reviews phone app games sounds exactly like Jason from The Good Place. He's Hell just, yeah. He probably had like a re- drug recovery and now he's reviewing Warhammer <laughs> phone games. <laughs> it's just the funniest thing. So he's like, y'all, I've been playing Warhammer. I dropped like about five bucks here, but I got my armies going and I, I was joking around with my clan the other day and they're like, just that I'm phrase. Gonna, <laughs> I was joking around with my clan. Context so is key. Like, <laughs> I didn't know that this Walmart person would like crawl out from wherever and start reviewing phone apps. <laughs> and I'm here for it. <laughs> That's so awesome. YouTube is such an interesting thing to me because like I love seeing other people's recommended videos Mm -hmm. that is so fascinating to me because that tells a person like that's that's basically like your id set out on on like a streaming platform it's like these are the things that you're into this is your curiosities your weird things that you find interesting and getting to peek into that is mm-hmm. so much fun. I never feel more vulnerable because we have, you know, the TV where you can stream. Right. And you throw yeah. up the YouTube and yeah. my boyfriend will be like, let's watch a YouTube video. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> let's log into a burner account because I yeah. don't need you to know what I'm watching. I need you to do incognito <laughs> mode for me. No, for real. Like, I need you to. Uh- <laughs> Yeah, man. It's such uh it's like the keystone that is your psyche is just 
your YouTube recommended section. <laughs> Mine's full of this guy named Jazza, who is an Australian dude that does like art. Okay. And when okay. I say art, I mean like art in like a real juvenile sense. Uh, he carves things out of foam and uh, he wants to teach people that it's okay to be creative. And that's like his whole message. And it makes my heart warm. And I watch mm. everything he does religiously. So like the Bob Ross of foam. Uh, yeah, it's close to that. I mean, but he does. I mean, he did this one thing where he did an installation that was made out of salt on black paper. That's cool. And it was 13 feet by 13 feet. And it was this giant, expansive uh, space battle. Oh, yeah, Beggy. Sorry. No, it's fine. We're learning all kinds of things about what happens when you strap a mic to a table that has no shock oh, absorption. You're, in it. you're the first guest with the new equipment. I'm yeah. like a professional. Merry Christmas, everybody. We have new microphones. Trust me, you don't look like a professional. Thank God. Thank God we didn't There's get nothing the to worry about. <laughs> one day one day we'll i get was there. intimidated then morgan's like don't worry about that <laughs> <laughs> holy shit well tell us more about you like i want to know more about your story because i know some of it involves like new york and the fashion mm-hmm. industry and like all kinds of twists and turns so wherever you want to start take us off oh god <laughs> <laughs> that's, okay that's well, my favorite response to that yeah i recently like five Five months ago, I have a degree in fashion, so I'm really stupid. <laughs> oh my god! I yes. can't count. I, I, I can't I count. I watched an Alexander McQueen do- documentary <laughs> yesterday, so I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> I quit my job like five months ago. I was working <clears throat> for Victoria's Secret as a designer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I quit. Like, Someone outside just said you. <laughs> it was. It was. Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I had no idea he lived around grave. here. Yeah. 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 Is he Red Dog? <laughs> no, he, he, he's shacked up with Red Dog. He's got that, that basement room. He that almost got ran sense. out with a gun. Yeah. yeah. He's Anyways. A, he's affiliated with Victoria's Secret. That's why I said that. That wasn't just out of left field. But yeah, I quit like five months ago, and I've just been, you know sad <laughs> sad so sense. doing confused, comedy confused. <laughs> yeah i've just been kind of riding it out um but uh yeah so right now i'm not doing anything but i went to the university of cincinnati got a degree in fashion design like an idiot <laughs> <laughs> speaking to an english degree holder so mm-hmm. feel ya. Yeah. i dropped out of bible college i didn't even finish at least y'all have a piece of paper like <laughs> i don't have it got the framed in my dad's didn't office make it to the omega <laughs> <laughs> so what why suddenly like quit your job and like leave that whole industry was it the industry itself or was yeah. it just like the company victoria <laughs> victoria <laughs> You know what Victoria's Secret is? I learned this. I don't know if I should be saying this. I might be killed. But you know what Victoria's Secret is? What? You. Wait, what? You're the secret. The customer is the secret. Oh, shit. This is exactly... (laughs) Secret from whom? Right? (laughs) This is like at the end of Kung Fu Panda when he opens the scroll that gives him all the Kung Fu powers and it's a goddamn mirror. This is exactly like that. I'm mad. I I thought it's like it's lingerie so it's under your clothes and that's the secret. Right. Exactly. It's under your clothes, Luke. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's right the now it's under my clothes <laughs> and that's luke's secret victoria's secret is that luke Fagenbush wears thongs yes <laughs> no I, yeah i quit because it, that was a secret. oh we're just gonna turn hard back into the rich <laughs> thongs now the reason i quit the company <laughs> just leave the thong thing there don't let me respond <laughs> no it's canon you wear thongs anyway <laughs> No rebuttals. <laughs> You're not taking questions at the Morgan <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Right. So you left. Mm-hmm. I, I moved. So I moved to New York full time. I was fresh out of college. It was like a week after I graduated. And I was just kind of like, oh. Hey, Biggie. Yeah, this Biggie's is exciting, prominent. Isn't it? Biggie <laughs> is stressed out. He's with he you. Is. He is. He's worried about what you're going to do. Yeah. I moved there and I was like, oh, I graduated college. I got offered a job. This is what I'm supposed to do is accept it. And this is exciting. And I just, I didn't love it. I, d- I didn't like the job. Um, so what was your like day to day there as a fashion designer? Not as creative as you would think. Um, I was, my role was like assistant designer. Okay. So like the lowest rung of the totem pole of designers. Um, right. <laughs> Biggie. Okay. Um, but sorry, Biggie, you're distracting me. Yeah. Let's just take a minute. <laughs> let's take a minute and deal with the Biggie situation. Cause call. Biggie is, Biggie has never been this much of a problem. <laughs> he just loves me so much. <laughs> he does. Did you show him any amount of affection at any point today? I did. And every time well, he drops. There, that's what you did. <laughs> yeah. That's what you did. Every, He's like a hungry raccoon. Yeah. He's going to come back. Every time he drops a tennis ball beside me, I can't not give it back. Oh, that's exactly what it is. And Biggie's big exit. No, nah, he is loyal to Morgan. <laughs> He's just going to hang out. Oh, here he comes. <laughs> You want to go get the ball? Yeah. Look at you stepping over the cords and not ruining anything. Oh, he's so talented. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Nick, say hi real loud. Hey, everybody. Perfect. See, we had a, a secret extra guest. <laughs> Did you hear me wrangling Biggie in the background? <laughs> if we don't, I'm going to boost it and make sure we do. <laughs> okay. Uh, I had a thong. Morgan hated the job. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So you're in the fashion industry, but like the mm-hmm. lowest rung of the ladder, right? Yeah. And I, I worked on a pretty small team, so I, I got to, you know, be more a part of it than I than I would have if we weren't on a small team. But, you know, it was a lot of like typing numbers into a computer or doing all the technical stuff that goes into making a piece of clothing, which is not glamorous when you work at a big corporate industry. Um and I just kind of got a first hand look into how destructive it is. It's just really a nasty, nasty industry. Do you have um, any examples uh, you want to share? Yeah. Like, for example, I, you know, I was the one that had to manage a lot of things. So say at the beginning of a season, we're like, oh, we need this fabric, this fabric and this fabric. And things change so fast in fashion that I could be the one to send off information that we needed to have yards and yards of fabric sent to us or like ready to go and, and prepared to make a garment. And then a week later, that fabric is not even a part of the line anymore. So firsthand, I was like, I'm contributing so much to this like wastage 
and there's no thought that goes into it and it's just so unsustainable and it was so like morally draining. Yeah. And I didn't love it either. Like I didn't love my day to day. I was really overworked to the point of just like pure exhaustion. Um, How many hours a week do you think you put in for? I started logging it near the end because I I wanted to prove. You're like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. 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 I was working 80 hours a week. Oh, Oh my God. Holy God. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Which sounds insane. It does, but. It is insane. Yeah. Yeah. I had like on my log one day, I I worked from uh, 5 a.m. to midnight. What? It's crazy. You were doing Elon Musk hours. Right. Like something. (laughs) And it's like, I could, I could rationalize it if it was something meaningful, but at the end of the day, it wasn't But you're meaningful. ordering fabric that you won't get used. Ordering fabric at the end of the day, like, I'll never forget, I was walking out of a Dick's Sporting Goods in Newport, Kentucky, <laughs> and I saw a woman come out who was not necessarily the most desirable <laughs> woman. <laughs> Just an older woman. Good for her. You know, she was living her life. She's out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> but she was wearing something that I had designed and worked on, and I I looked at Lee, my boyfriend, and I was like, that's what I'm working 80 hours a week for. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Just, like, so meaningless, and I don't know. I just had a moment where I was like, "Uh, no, I cannot do this anymore. Yeah, and I'm kind of at a crossroads now because the fashion industry is not prevalent in Cincinnati, Ohio, so. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of fanny packs still around. Yes, yes, Um, yes, yes. I think that wait, isn't that one of Lee's things? Doesn't he have a fanny pack? Is he still doing that? He's did a, you he's design a tote, any of those? He's a tote boy now. <laughs> oh, and actually, tote boy. I did tie dye his current tote bag. Hell so. yeah! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Creativity on the up and up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what other like creative things have you done in like designing clothes that you are proud of? Since you spent time, yeah. At Victoria's well, there Secret are so many things. I'm shit talking it, but there are so many things that I'm like endlessly like proud of like for example last week my old boss sent me a picture and you know who Haley bieber is no justin bieber's girlfriend she's like a supermodel wait wait they're just boyfriend and oh girlfriend. no they're married oh okay, okay that's better given the name <laughs> 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 i just love him so much i changed my last name <laughs> no, I, she's I don't like get any of, of his money yeah <laughs> she's one of the top supermodels in the world and they just like released an editorial with all the stuff i worked on on her body and that's no really kidding. cool it's yeah. really what? cool I'm very proud, but at the same time, it wasn't for me. It wasn't right. right yeah. it, it wasn't right. So, yeah. It's cool that you have some nuggets, though. That, yeah. Not to keep using that word. But <laughs> the, the, just little things where you're like, you know, even though I it wasn't a good fit, there's still something positive that you can take yeah. away from it. That's, in, that's impressive. And it's also really cool, like to think because of the pandemic, we got to work remote. So I moved from New York City to Cincinnati. And it's just like cool that I was working on you know, something at that scale in an apartment in Ohio. Like, right. it's yeah. just, it, you know, it's a, it was great. I wouldn't take it back for the world. So, but I, I hate to ask you this in like a time of flux, but do you still see yourself as like a fashion designer? Is that like where your passion is? I or? don't think so. I have no idea what my passion <laughs> is. <laughs> Hell <laughs> trying to, yeah. Trying to figure that out. It's a hard thing. Like, yeah. what do I actually care about? Like, that's a really hard question. Yeah. And the pandemic just like taught me like, I would get really high by myself in the <laughs> pandemic. And You'll it, learn a lot. You don't even just, need a pandemic. Just my, get real yeah, high by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like my brain just changed. Watch Dune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just like, all my priorities changed. And I, 
I just can't imagine like ever working a job like that again. Yeah. Yeah. Where you go in every single day and do the same thing. I'm like, I just want to do tiny things here and there, make my, make my money, right? make enough to get by and, you know, not stress so much about my career. It was interesting during that time to see how all these like society structures that we thought were rules are just so fragile. And it's like, Oh, everything could fall apart in a yeah. second. Yeah. Nothing matters. Like just, yeah. just make sure that you're not going to starve or freeze to death right. and then figure the rest out as you go. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> really all you can hope for. Yeah. And it could be so much worse. So yeah. I found that pretty freeing in a way. Mm-hmm. Oh, for like, sure. Yeah. It's just like, I don't have to like do the, the house with the white picket fence, American dream thing. Like that's not the, that there's other options. Mm-hmm. Uh, tight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, just like broad spectrum. If you could do anything, no strings attached, no, no holds barred. What would you do? Um, <laughs> that's a hard question. I really, my like, biggest personal passion is uh, vintage and like thrifting re and reselling furniture. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. Awesome. I find myself at um, antique malls almost every day, all day. Re- Habitat for Humanity restores. Yep. yep. Nothing we got better. one right down the road. Yeah. <laughs> I have a basement like full of just like furniture and stuff that I want to eventually resell. I just lack all motivation and drive <laughs> well you, you mentioned earlier just getting very high by yourself that'll yeah. that'll leech motivation <laughs> right out of you i found yeah. uh, <laughs> there's so many things i get so hyper obsessed on like little projects and i don't complete anything oh so. yeah story of my life yeah like, story of all our lives <laughs> i i the, the, i fell down a youtube rabbit hole this morning about a guy in new mexico that's making homes out of trash that are entirely self-sustaining when you say entirely self-sustaining, like I mean, one hundred percent off the grid. Uh, these homes are—they uh, stay a constant seventy degrees because they're made out of old tires that work off of building heat within them and then oh. redistributing it overnight when it's cold. So um, they retain heat during the day. Exactly. That's they also are wild. They have built in uh, designed air conditioning that uses no electricity or no fans. It's all based on like underground tunnels and stuff you just open up the vents and your house cools down by like 40 degrees insane shit and it's all made out of like old beer cans glass bottles and old tires and concrete and he had to fight the government to let him build these houses that are 100 sustainable they they grow their own food they're all their own little ecosystem with a greenhouse and everything and he literally had to write a new law <laughs> himself. He's not a law person. He's an architect. And a he had law to figure- person? <laughs> I'm not a law person or a words person, apparently. But like, he literally had to write new legislation to create a, a situation where they would let him do this. And like, his build sites have to be registered as landfills. Yeah, it's insane. So no taxable commodities. I don't know about that. <laughs> Hold on right, there. Right? It's insane. Like and and like by the end of the video you find out that the dude that started the company has prostate cancer and like he was slated to die. Like when he found out it was in stage 4. Slated to die. Yeah, slated. I don't know. Senses are hard, man. That <laughs> <laughs> sounds like someone who is going to be murdered in a Christian Slater movie. <laughs> slated to die coming out this july he's getting up there but he's still creepy (laughs) oh man oh i i I, um 
I got off on my own tangent. Ask a question, Luke. Uh, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> you guys notice how women be shocked. <laughs> Oh, God. Sometimes we're real good at podcasting. Sometimes we just are excited that we have new microphones. Uh, (laughs) You You just want to make some cool noises into the microphone? Yeah. Yeah. That's the coolest noise I know. Oh, the ASMR. (laughs) (laughs) We do some ASMR. guys out there. I see ASMR. That is a whole world that like I understand on a very, very shallow Mm -hmm. level. Me too. Uh, But I like it. But why? What part of your brain is this? This is why. Yeah, why do I like that? (laughs) Why is that satisfying? I mean, that got me there. That was right. I don't know where there is for you, but I'm there too. Uh, (laughs) I don't know what it is. Wait, do the drink ice again. That was the drink ice? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's just ice, (laughs) it's in a drink. Shh. Okay, maybe not, not so much the straw. Not so much. You weren't straw. into the straw. I, I liked the, the straw. straw. Yeah, there's like varying levels of ASMR. There's people that just like do that, like cling things together. There's girls that have. It's crazy. I don't know how it's allowed on YouTube, but I'm all for it. It's they basically have like prosthetic ears, and the ears have like a microphone in them. I've seen, and they that. will just lick the ear. I've not seen that. <laughs> what? Uh, okay, so they like, buy a fake ear. The just, fake ear has a microphone in it. And they I'm assuming. that. <laughs> the microphone's somewhere. <laughs> the microphone is somewhere. And yeah, they'll just like lick, lick the ear. I'm uncomfortable. Again, and that's on YouTube. Like yeah. that's that's on the same platform that my 16 year old nephew that reviews Legos is on. Yeah, <laughs> that's terrifying. He might collab with one of them one day. <laughs> I've been meaning to talk to you about that. How how do you think he would feel about a collab with the podcast? Because we need listeners. Like, oh, he's already <laughs> reached out. Why do you think he was asking me questions? Like, he wants to be on the pod, and I told him, "You're a minor. You have to ask your dad." <laughs> and strong no from the dad. I'm guessing. I don't know. I haven't talked to Ron yet. Uh, I, I I would not be surprised at all if Ron came to me and was like, I'm not letting you ever talk to my son and let it be recorded. Like, we listened to <laughs> 10 minutes of an episode. <laughs> when I was a freshman in college, I was like, I'm going to be a YouTuber. And I I have a whole new YouTube rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're they're not there. They're on my laptop, though. And oh, it's you need to make those known. It's so crazy. I my first video I ever recorded was a Q and A, which for a Q and A you need people to ask you questions and care yeah. about you. Right, right. So I made up questions. Hell yeah! <laughs> you don't want to ask me shit. That's fine. I got things that I wish you'd ask me. It's so sad to watch back. <laughs> One of my favorite YouTube like categories are YouTubers who will go back and review their like early videos. Ooh. And if you could do that. Review a video of you when I still don't have an audience. (laughs) Oh my god, but that's so meta and so wonderful. You reviewing a video for no audience of you asking (laughs) questions that no audience asked you. That's amazing. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. Oh, God. Uh, when did you get started in comedy? Because I remember you from earlier. And yeah, I've been in the crowd for a while now, just kind of lingering. Um, I I guess in like early 2019, maybe late 2018. I was 2019. Okay. It was my last year of college and um, my ex-boyfriend started doing it and I would follow him around 
and I would like find myself at open mics every day of the week, every week, like bad open mics. Yeah. yeah. Where yeah. no you one can but just a say few, open mic. <laughs> <laughs> like where no one but comics were there. And I, one day I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> Why am I following him around like a puppy dog to these things? Like they're not necessarily fun at, for an audience member. And I was like, oh, it's because I want to do it. Ah, you know, okay. it's like that's the only reason I'm still showing up is because I have I have an itch. Yeah, and I I just started doing it from there. Um, I was taking it s- semi seriously when I first started, and then it just kind of fell off. And I, you know, I just I come back here and there. Yeah, I mean, you were one of the people that came back from the pandemic with jokes because I saw you at like Blake's feedback mic. Yeah. Oh my God, where has she been? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> You're like, I'm just trying again for the first time in a couple months. I'm like, God damn it, I've been trying this whole damn time. <laughs> well, I go to, I, I don't do it as often as I would like to, but I spend so much time at comedy shows and it's like hard to not want to do it when you, yeah. when you go to so many comedy shows. Um, but yeah, it's it's a weird little community we're in. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely not as small as some other places, but yeah. it's it's such a weird like there's a fence but there's not a fence. Like the fence is there, it's just there if you have you performed? Do you know what it's like to get up there and and either crush or or literally eat your own genitals on stage? Mm-hmm. If you have that frame of reference, you're inside the fence and you may not even know it. Yeah. Like hanging out with people, it's not necessarily. The question isn't, are you weird? I'm going to leave you alone. It's like, are you my type of weird? Okay, we can hang out. Exactly. There's no one doing comedy that isn't like a little bit weird. Yeah. Right. That's one of my favorite things about it is it's such a unique group of people. And probably 95% of the people that I am friends with through this community, I would we would have never crossed paths. Yeah. Right. We would never cross paths. So it's, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. You I have this one that, yeah. weird thing in common that you're like, well, I have something to say and I think it should be heard mm-hmm. for whatever reason, whether that's, you know, narcissism or whatever. That's the thing that, that put everybody in the room. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. nobody like drifts into the background because it's it, it, like Andy Warhol. Everybody gets their five minutes of fame. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Not not 10 minutes. That's a, li- <laughs> that's a little much for some people. A <laughs> little much. Yeah. Uh, but, we'll cut you off at six. <laughs> we should, if we're polite, like listen to everybody's five minutes. Yeah. And so nobody gets like... Oh, talked over really nah you have your time like that's and and it's like what was it like before you actually got on stage first because like you said you were you were following your ex around all these shows and you're like why am i here oh it's because i want to be the one up there yeah was there a period where you realized that but you still didn't have like you know there was still some sort of hang up keeping you from trying it. Yeah, I mean I still have that. I I really enjoy writing. Yeah, I I love writing so much. I don't. There's something that is so scary to me, even though I've done it so many times. About just getting up there, I don't I don't know. It's crazy. Well, a a strength of yours is that your material is vulnerable. Yeah. So I could see how part of that scariness is like opening up to people. Yeah. That's also like 
people want to hear that more than women be shopping. <laughs> Shut the fuck no up. No one yeah. wants to hear but women be shopping. Yeah. about yourself. <laughs> right, yeah. That's another part of it, though. I think that's one of the reasons that I'm scared because it is vulnerable, and I don't do it often, but every time, or at least often anymore, I've been getting into it, into it more, but being vulnerable up there as a woman... Here I go. <laughs> Here she goes. It, it it can be scary sometimes. Yeah. Like I can go up there and, you know, say sexually explicit things and men automatically think. 90% oh, of the people who try comedy. Yeah. Right. They yeah. think, they think, oh, well, I have free reign to just go talk to her now about sexually explicit right. things. Yeah, and, and I've said good things about the cross true. section of comedians, but that is not their strength. Yeah, like, they're creepy as fuck. Yeah, or even <laughs> yeah. just people at the bar that we're watching, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a it's a weird thing to navigate as as a woman, um, but it makes you stronger. It makes you stronger, and to be able to like have more experiences like that and gain the ability to not be okay with it. Yeah. Because that's something I'll be like, Oh, it's fine. I'll let that one pass. And then it happens so often. You're like, I can't let this pass anymore. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So yeah. Comedy. I think I tell people this all the time. I was like, even if you just do it once, it changed my entire personality. Yeah. It's like LSD that way. It changed my my personality. I gained so much confidence. Like I, Three years ago, I would not. I would have said no yeah. to you. I would not have come here and spoken into a microphone. But it's so special in that way. I don't know. It yeah. changed my life. And I've Hell done yeah. LSD, yeah. and I'd say the trying an open mic changed my life so much more. <laughs> 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 what was that first time like? First time. The first time I ever did it, I it was at Chameleon. Hell yeah, love that place. Same. When, that was my first time when, too. I think you might have been there when Holinsky was hosting it. Yeah. Yep. And it would like start at midnight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I I like I remember just like writing like writing out a script for myself. Yeah. Like writing out a script and like standing in the mirror at the hairbrush and like working on my mannerisms. Yep. And then going to Chameleon and there's like three people there. Yeah, right. I put in so much work and there's no one here to appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, but it was it's it's just addicting is yeah. what it is. Especially when you you do well, you're like, "Oh, I want to do well again." Yeah. That's yeah. all you want is just like, let me crush. Just let me crush yeah. one more time. Yeah. Give me that perfect audience one more time. Yeah. So, so what aspect do you think is attractive for you? Are you someone who just wants to make people laugh? Is it like self-affirming or you feel heard? I don't know. I don't think I have a yearning to feel heard. I, I think it's making people laugh. It's like a yeah. drug. Yeah. When people laugh at what you say. You're like, like which I guess is self-affirming. Um, but I think also the camaraderie. Like I don't have a lot of, I don't, I don't. I've never kept a lot of friends. My family moved around growing up quite a bit. We lived in like six different states. And military family? Sam's Club. Okay, Sam's Club. Yeah, different military. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. He did 20 years for Sam. Please salute me. (laughs) Not Uncle Sam, just Sam. Yeah, Yeah. just a Sam. (laughs) So I moved around a lot. I'm kind of nomadic. I like have never really had a set group of friends. So it's just like special to always have. Really, any of the day of the week, I can show up somewhere and know that 
there's going to be at least one person there that's like, hey, Morgan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That and, sense of community is like paramount for everybody's psychology. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's the weirdos that are perfectly fine sitting in a room, uh, you know, making Lego review videos or whatever they do. <laughs> What's up, Clayton? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But like community is not something that is really ingrained in our society unless you find an activity that goes along with that community, like whether it be like church or yoga or CrossFit or whatever it is, that community is really what keeps you there. Yeah. And yeah. and like not everybody finds that. No. <laughs> that was so weird for me after starting comedy. And this isn't a pity party, but... I had never been like, oh, I can just go here and know people. Yeah, right. Yeah. But now I'm like, I have the option of any like certain day of the week. Just I could go out somewhere and be among friends mm-hmm. and maybe make them laugh. Yeah, yeah, right. Like you have a place to be if you don't want to just go home. Yeah. And, and, and there are weirdos like, like me. Right. How comforting is that? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. special. And they're frightening to normal people, which <laughs> makes me feel comfortable. Yes, simpatico. Uh, what what, uh, what kind of connections have you made in like the comedy scene? Like, Do you see yourself friends with these folks even if you don't continue comedy? Yeah, I mean, I honestly, like, in the past, like, maybe month, I've started doing it more often. But before that, for, like, four months I I wasn't doing it at all right and I would still go to these things to support my friends or see my friends you know I would still hang out with people yeah it it's not even about the comedy anymore it's just like I made friends right yeah and you it found can be your tribe yeah and it can be kind of frustrating sometimes like when you do show up to places and they're like well are you going up and I'm like no. No, I'm just here. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I asked if you wanted a guest spot at the show. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I accidentally got really drunk and I couldn't. <laughs> Kudos to yeah. you for saying I was no like, for I was being like, too drunk. I'm not going to drink today. And then I got to Urban Artifact and I was like, I'll get the beer mixed with gin. <laughs> ruined me. At Urban Artifact, they give out free drink tickets. And every single time I'm like, okay, I'm starting off the show show and two drink tickets later i'm like hey everybody go to cool show man thanks for sticking around we got go bananas after the- you guys are cool oh my god oh, they're dangerous i love free drink mm-hmm. tickets especially yeah. at a place that serves anything above an eight percent dude they're like 12 <laughs> yeah i know I, I gadget well ain't no joke yeah i got gin. gadget mixed with gin yes holy shit that is a freaking powerhouse <laughs> it's moments like that like at two o'clock on a sunday yeah. where i'm drunk i'm like i'm adult yeah <laughs> i'm doing it right I, yeah i'm so cool <laughs> yeah. i was driving home from go bananas last night at like 3 a.m and i was like hmm, my parents don't even know where i am <laughs> and they don't care and i'm not gonna tell them <laughs> they don't need to know this will not be part of the conversation for thanksgiving <laughs> Or Christmas. I forgot what holiday we were on. That happened already. (laughs) It's also cool that, (laughs) like, comedians will run up alongside other show people, and they are, like, the coolest people. Yeah. There'll be, like, shows followed up by a band, and comedians will be playing in a band, and there's the show that 
uh, is mixed with drag that right. yeah, Christian Grant runs. Shout out, watch Christian's video on YouTube, get him a kidney. Yeah, get <laughs> yeah. that kid a kidney. Uh, he, he needs that kidney. How yeah. much are you needs, using your kidney? I honestly. think he needs a couple at this point, to be honest. <laughs> Let's give uh, him three or four to choose from. Right? <laughs> Variety's the spice of life. <laughs> Just show up to Christian Grant's house with a kid. You don't need to tell him where from. He won't ask any questions. He's desperate. <laughs> but he may die. So guys, yeah, watch but seriously, the YouTube yeah. Video. <laughs> Speaking of like Christmas and things, uh, there was one thing that I wanted and to Christmas ask. Christmas gratitude and donating kidneys because of the Yuletide spirit. You don't have to explain my bad segues. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was trying to make it. I I I I've worked construction before, and I. Stopped by a bad spackle job. <laughs> I was just putting a little more grease on that. <laughs> I gotcha. Okay. I gotcha. You know, I've never been more happy about we being know. called <laughs> a bad spackle job. But your opener you used for four years. <laughs> We've heard it. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, how is your language? Um but the whole like English. In your opinion, when it comes to shut up, (laughs) when it comes to Christmas gifts, yes, do you think that Christmas gifts should be extravagant gifts? You know, like things that that you would never buy for yourself, or should it be something practical that you actually need? Yes. Well, now that I'm unemployed and make no money, (laughs) I I I think the latter. Wait, is the latter the second thing you said? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I, I think, think I think English major, does that track? Yep. All right, tight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've actually had a me and Lee have been having a lot of conversations about this lately because there's just no need to spend tons of money on Christmas gifts. I right. I take pride in my gift giving. I like to give like special thoughtful things, you know, make things for people or, you know, go somewhere and just find something really niche that yeah, I know yeah. they'll like. When it comes to me, like my mom, this year I asked for a vacuum cleaner and knives. <laughs> Hell yeah. So I think practical. Right, yeah. I'll go with practical. But yeah, as, as you get older, you just kind of start to think of Christmas a little differently. Yeah, that's exactly what I found. Yeah. Like, I, the, the, the thing that changed the biggest this year was that we've, we've changed how our family does the gift exchange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because apparently there were some, uh, there were some issues with how it had been done in the past and now Christmas drama. <laughs> I don't know how this happened, but somehow me and my uncle Kelly have devised an entire like deal or no deal style game with like a bunch of boxes that have gift cards in them. Like oh, that's okay. cool. I'm taking notes now, bro. Like it started out as a terrible conversation where I was judging my mom a lot. And then by the end of it, I was like, all right, Kelly, what are we going to do? Like, are you bringing the projector? Because I, I don't have a projector <laughs> and it like became this whole thing. And like, that's what's special to me about Christmas. It's just like doing things with the people that you love that like yeah. you don't you wouldn't you would never you would never I would never make a deal or no deal game with my Uncle Kelly any other time of the year for any reason. Mm-hmm. But this one this one thing is like, how do we make it special? Yeah, we have to inject Christmas with the things that make it not a disappointment for all the Christmases that came before, which is why I refuse 
to listen to anyone that has anything good to say about bad Santa or Santa Inc. or whatever the fuck Seth Rogen's new show is on HBO. <laughs> Have you guys heard about this drama? No, no. Oh, dear God. <laughs> we'll pick that up in the next episode. I don't have time to get into it now. Uh, <laughs> too we, much Dune talk. We didn't make too much. Seth Rogen. We, I, I, yeah, you didn't know I had notes that I wanted to cover. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we do have one box that we have to check before we get out of here. Okay. So what what is your quintessential bombing story? When yeah. have you when have you made yourself sad with the decisions you've made on yeah. stage? <laughs> I was thinking about this before I came and I can't I honestly haven't done a lot of book shows. I think because self-promotion is my like it's the hill I'll die on. I am so embarrassed. To yeah, promote myself. I get that. Yeah. Thank and you. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the idea of being like, come out to this show. Terrifies me. Right. Who am I to ask me. you to spend your time a certain way? Yeah. yeah. And it's been so, sp- I've been doing it so sporadically at this point that I'm kind of always starting new. Like I'm mm. always the new girl. Right. Because I don't keep going with it. Um, but something that sticks in, has stuck in my mind forever. Corinthian. Yes. Oh, you're talking about the venue, not the book of the Bible. Yes, I've been to Corinthian. Yes. The weird place where they put spaghetti sauce on their pizza. I've been there. (laughs) With just the jungle subdividing the room. Yeah. There's so many places. Not to derail, but spaghetti. What's the difference between pizza sauce and spaghetti sauce? We'll cover that in the next episode <laughs> when I also talk about Bad Santa or whatever the fuck the show is. I do make it around to that because I'm curious about that. Well. <laughs> yeah, you're forcing me to start tuning in. It's basically just an amount of oregano. But anyways. Um, okay. I add oregano to my spaghetti sauce. Does that make it pizza sauce? Depending that makes on. you Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Are you Italian? Did I just get like, the Italian card? <laughs> I'm not Italian. I have no idea what I am. <laughs> I know what you're not. Jewish. Now continue. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But yeah, there was a open the open mic at Corinthian that ran ran. <laughs> yeah. And now ran, I consider ran. Like ran can't believe I'm about to say this out loud, but he's one of my really good best friends. I think I love. No shit. I'm, I'm so I mean, sorry. <laughs> it's like in conjunction. It's like when your partner has he a best is friend. It's like a really good guy. Yeah. I love Rand. He's a secret. he's a he's complex a- individual. Because yeah. I've had some of the worst interactions I've had with humanity with rain. <laughs> yeah. And well, I'm just like, you're a person? Like, God let you happen? As <laughs> like a quiet guy, I just had to know him as a person after I heard him. And you're going right. to hear him before you know yeah. him as a person. Yeah. yeah. He's like a fart. You smell it first. Yes. Uh, you're going to hear Rand before you ever see yeah. him. <laughs> but he ran the mic at Corinthian, and it was, I was still pretty fresh and new. And I went by myself, which I'd never done before. I'd never gone to a mic by myself. And I just, I felt so bad leaving. I got on stage and it was like very much like there was a lot of more seasoned people at the open mic that were all buds and they were just getting up there joking and riffing with each other. And I got up there and just like no one laughed at me because I probably wasn't funny, but I remember going in the bathroom and just like having a panic attack. No, and oh God. I drove home and I was like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Fuck ran. Is- yeah. You blame the guy that put on the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I think just bad open mic sets where I reevaluate every decision I've ever made. There is something to be said for like 
going to an open mic and being like, okay, it's going to be a chill time. I'm going to put my reps in. I don't have many new jokes. And then like seeing people you respect there and it's like, God, do I have to like try to turn it on now? Yeah, right. Yeah. Do I have to try? Is yeah. Chris Weir going to be there giving me? <laughs> <laughs> That's another fault I have is like, I, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to an open mic. It all has to be new. And it's like, no, it doesn't. It, right, it doesn't yeah. all have to be new. I also get really in my head because the way comedy works is you when you're telling a joke people should be quiet right like when you're yes. when you're theoretically when you're, setting, <laughs> <laughs> when you're setting the joke up people should be quiet then you get to your punchline or a riff and they laugh and i'll get in my head when i'm on stage i'll be like oh i'm setting this joke up and i'm talking but no one's laughing at me and i'm like well they're not supposed yeah. to be right and yeah. then i get in my head of like no one was laughing so I don't know. It's just a confidence thing you got to work on. Yeah. And yeah. silence is scary. Silence is so scary, especially there's terrifying. like terrifying. Yeah. That's the biggest thing that I think most people have to get over first is just like the sound of their own voice through a PA and that's it. Yeah. And it's just like, I, there's nothing going on to validate me yes. right now. So can we get to that part quickly? <laughs> also, please? another reason why I get scared to do stand up is because comedians love to take boomerangs of comedians on stage <laughs> and I hate my body so much. <laughs> and they're just capturing it in this one weird, awkward, the moment. worst angle on repeat <laughs> okay. over and over again. Boomerang was something that I'm like, this will go away. Is it still around? Is yes. Boomerangs still- are just like a bad picture. Oh, I'm like, God, always, it. don't always tag me forever. Don't tag me. Put it on your close friend story and don't include <laughs> me in your close friends. <laughs> Leave me out of the circle. I don't want to see it. I'm going to go home and cry. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know I looked like that. (laughs) One thing that does comfort me about the silence, and I heard this from somebody else smarter than me, I I forget who, but... (laughs) Everyone in the United (laughs) States. (laughs) God damn, you beat me to the self-deprecating punchline. (laughs) That's my new brand I'm trying. Huge bitch. (laughs) It's a good brand. I've been putting Luke down for over a Thank you. Shut up. (laughs) She's just broadcasting. All right. I did like that, though. That was very good. See? Now you know what I feel all the time. (laughs) If people are quiet, they are listening to you. Right. And that's a good sign. But sometimes, though, they could all be 110% attentive to what you're saying, but the five audience members are at the bar and they're back of their heads are the only thing that they're showing you (laughs) so you just have to barrel forward and hope and that that void of hope it's just like i mean i think they're leading up to a public humiliation (laughs) right you know how chameleon had the problem about um the fire alarm (laughs) 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 the fire alarm just constantly going off they've apparently attributed it to vaping which I just don't believe is true because it's vapor. It's not smoke. But anyway, right, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the fire alarm would just go off like in the middle of shows. And there was an open mic and the fire alarm went off and the fire department has legally has to come. Right. And there's a bunch of firefighters and they were like, oh, there's an open mic going on. And they went and stood like in the back. <laughs> 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 and I can't. I do remember who's on stage. I'm not going to say it into the microphone, but he was not doing great. And the firefighter stood there for 30 seconds, and then they went. They audibly went, "Oh my god!" It's <laughs> <laughs> like there's no one I want to impress more than firefighters. That is American heroes, and you let them down. <laughs> Truly, I was like, "Oh my god, that's the worst." Ugh. 
yeah. Oh yeah. my shit. Hell yeah. Well, th- Morgan, thank you so much for coming yeah. on the show. This has been an absolute blast. Uh, we like to wrap things up with just like uh, some final thoughts from our guests. So do you have like words of affirmation or pieces of advice or whatever you want yeah. to share with our audience? Do you want to make fun of me again? That's also exciting. <laughs> that's, that's, that's also a good pocket to Did hop in. Do people actually get serious with this? or? Yeah, sometimes. Okay. Most people make fun of Luke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why I offered it as not. <laughs> mm, words of advice, I'd say just... The pandemic taught me one thing. It's like how valuable my time is. Even I don't know. I just really try to make an effort to evaluate the things in your life that are bringing you joy are bringing you happiness and if it's an option to cut them out no matter how scary it is cut it the fuck out even if it's a job at a even very large a, company a job where you're making so much money you don't even know what to do with it <laughs> <laughs> just quit <laughs> and get a kitten <laughs> yeah fuck yeah that's the best advice anyone can yeah have. change my life change my life <laughs> sweet sauce thank you guys so much for listening We'll see you guys next time. Adios.